People have so many different hacks for getting a good night's sleep. And it's not to say that those don't work, but I really think you cannot discount the power of just good quality sheets and how much that can transform your sleep. I told you guys about these before, but as far as I'm concerned, Bowl and Branch are the best sheets on the market. And I think for me, the thing that like makes them so good is that they're really soft and luxurious while also being breathable. So they kind of work in all weather and their signature sheets are their best seller. They come in 14 versatile colors in all sizes from twin up to California King. I have them in the color stone. I have them in the color mineral. I have the waffle blanket. I have so many things from this company. Everything is just quality and their sheets are made with the finest hundred percent organic cotton and completely free from toxins. Also, they said this, but I didn't really get it until I started using the sheets. They do get softer with every wash and you'll see that. I've gotten these as gifts for so many people and every single person has been a repeat customer. And there's a 30 night worry-free guarantee. So you can wash style and sleep in their sheets for an entire month. And if you don't love them, you can send them right back. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bolin Branch. Get 15% off your order when you use promo code CBC at BolinBranch.com. That's Bolin Branch, B-O-L-L-A-N-D, branch.com, promo code CBC. Exclusions apply, see site for details. Hi guys, I'm Emma. And I'm Julie. And we're the girls behind Comments by Celebs. And welcome to our first episode of 2021. Hey, Jewel. Hi, Em. You guys, I know we've been on break for two weeks. There is so much to discuss. But first of all, we had this episode ready to go, ready to publish. And then about 30 minutes ago, this news about Olivia Wilde and Harry Styles allegedly dating broke. And we had to kind of just come on and talk about it. So we're going to go through a full detailed breakdown of everything we know and then get into a discussion. But Julie, do you want to just give an immediate reaction? Yeah. I mean, holy shit. I know. (laughs) The skeptic in me isn't 100% convinced yet, but let's go through it. Okay. So first off, age-wise, just because everybody's wondering, Olivia is 36 and Harry is 26. Let's also keep in mind that Olivia Wilde and Jason Sudeikis announced their split in November. They were never technically married. They were engaged for seven years. I remember at the time, we did a pretty lengthy discussion on that. And when you go through their history, you find out you know she had a pretty interesting dating history. Previously, they have two kids. And according to sources, they had broken up at the beginning of the pandemic. It's been really amicable. They had great co-parenting. And kind of the general consensus was like, there's really no drama here. I also think, just as a total side note, I remember when it came out at the time, everybody was shocked that they weren't married because I guess we had just forgotten that, you know? Yeah. I also think the timeline here is so important that they split the beginning of the year and we only found out in November. Yes, that is crucial. Also, keep in mind, Olivia is currently directing and also starring in the film Don't Worry Darling. Harry's in it, Florence Pugh is in it, so we can kind of assume that that is where they've gotten close if this is true. But the reason that all of this is circulating today is because they were seen holding hands at Jeffrey Azoff's wedding. Jeffrey Azoff is Harry's manager, and he is also the son of Irving and Shelley Azoff. That is Kim Kardashian's best friend's parents, Allison Statter, Kris Jenner's best friends. And Jeffrey is marrying Glenn Christensen. She is the global head of music partnerships at Apple. Harry was initiating this wedding. And it was super small. There were 16 people because of COVID. And Harry brought Olivia as his plus one. So they were seen holding hands. I'm sure you saw he looked so handsome and she looked so beautiful. She was in this kind of floral maxi dress gown type of thing. They were then seen after the wedding arriving at his house. A source told people, quote, they were in Montecito, California this weekend for a wedding. They were affectionate around their friends, held hands and looked very happy. They've dated for a few weeks. (laughs) Okay, I have so I have more things to read. But first, like, can we just freak out about this for a second? 
Yes, we can we can freak out about it. <laughs> Julie, I I have to tell you, this is the last thing I ever saw coming. And I actually remember when we had kind of just hypothesized about what we thought was gonna happen. I remember for some reason we had thought that Zach Braff and Florence Pugh broke up. And I think it was me who said, Yeah, you know, I could totally see Florence and and Harry dating. Not in my wildest dreams did I envision Olivia and Harry. Well, at the time, she was still with Jason Sudeikis. We had no reason to. Um, And even, you know, with the knowledge of them breaking up, I don't think I necessarily saw this coming. Although Harry's track record liking older women does make sense here. Not that Olivia is old by any means. I just mean older than him. Uh, But the reason that I really do believe this, I mean, the skeptic in me is obviously, like I said before, is still a little bit hesitant to say it's fully true. Because I think holding hands isn't the most incriminating evidence. But when you think about a small wedding, only 16 people, Harry's officiating the wedding. To bring a plus one, it kind of feels like a big deal to me. First of all, I agree. Second of all, it makes sense. You know what I mean? Like when I, it wasn't, I, I wouldn't have necessarily seen it coming, but as I'm looking at it, I'm like, okay, I could see that. She, everything we've ever heard about her is that she's so great. He's very mature for his age. Also, another reason that points me to believing that this is true is because you can't forget that her breakup with Jason apparently was at the beginning of the year. So it's not like this has been one month since this big breakup. And also it's, he was officiating the wedding and this was his manager. It's not like he's going to some you know, random wedding where he didn't know anyone. That's a very, in my opinion, kind of like sacred thing to bring someone to. So I I may be wrong and I'm totally fine if I'm wrong, but I'm going to put my cards in here and my official vote on the record is going to say this is actually happening. I think it is too. Yeah. I, I, yeah. Wow. I also want to reference, it's so minor, but it was just something that we saw today. I believe it was maybe People or TMZ that posted it. Harry had done this interview in 2012. He was 18 years old. And somebody was asking, like, how old is too old for you to date? And he said, any woman older than my mom, Anne, who's 43. So at the time, he was down for, you know, a 25-year age difference. And this is only 10 years. And also, let's just make something really clear. She's 36. He's 26. If this was the reverse, you know, in Hollywood, meaning the man was older, the woman was, was younger, nobody would even be blinking an eye. So there's definitely that double standard, but we should at least acknowledge it because everybody's talking about it. I mean, I don't think her age is even significant. 10 years to me is not a huge age difference specifically in Hollywood. It's only relevant because it's him. I mean, I love this. I don't know. I, I just, I think I'm just so floored that maybe it's the excitement of it all, but I've always really liked her. I think she's really talented. I obviously really like him, find him so sexy. Looking at these pictures and I'm like, you know what? That's a hot couple. Yeah, it's a hot couple. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the the thing is, though, and we always talk about this, I'm going to just quickly bring us back to a classic, which is Tyler Cameron accompanying Gigi to her grandmother's funeral overseas. Like, <laughs> There's something about Hollywood where just things just move much quicker than in your average life. So if it is really true that they've only been seeing each other for a few weeks, I don't think it's typical, then maybe I could be wrong. I don't think it's typical that you would bring somebody you've only been seeing for a few weeks as your plus one to a wedding where you're officiating it for your manager and best friend. But because of that already like built-in comfort that it comes from dating someone who's also in the scene, it does expedite relationships very quickly. Yeah, definitely. Definitely expedites relationships. We see it all the time. 
This one will be so interesting to watch play out. So, so interesting. Yeah. I mean, we could come on here next week and it could be over, but I will celebrate it while it's lasting and I'm, I'm here for it. I just have to be go on record and say that. Me too. Very much so. Anyway, I feel like we just had to get that out. Um, we've been gone for two weeks. I mean, I know Isabel and I were doing Bravo, but I really missed you guys. I, I know we both did. I mean, it was crazy. It was like major things were happening. Ariana or Hilaria Baldwin, which we will get into. And I genuinely felt like there was a void with not being able to come here and discuss it. It's kind of like when one of your friends isn't available, but you have so much to say. And then it's like going into a void because that's how I felt not having the podcast and like talking to you guys. Like I was like, who the fuck am I supposed to talk to this? Like I feel like I need to get it out there. That's exactly how how I felt. And everybody was messaging us like, we totally get that you guys are on break, but oh my God, hilarious. (laughs) (laughs) Don't worry, we'll get into that. Um, Some of the stories we're going to talk about today are just things that happened over break, which we're not going to do full breakdowns because I know they're kind of old news. We just wanted to mention some are a little bit more new. Um, let me read off our black owned business for the week and then we will get into the rest of the episode. I'm just, this is totally a re-recording. So the rest of the episode we recorded earlier this morning, but we just couldn't come on and not say it. No, could not. So our black owned business for this week is majors project pop and it's a popcorn company. And basically the founder felt like typical popcorn was kind of too dirty for her taste. She couldn't pronounce the ingredients and she wanted something organic, non-GMO. So these kernels are popped in small batches with organic oil, no preservatives. The Instagram is at eatprojectpop and the website is eatprojectpop.com. As always, that'll be in the description. Okay, Jewel, should we get to the rest of the episode? Let's do it. Okay, let's start out with this Hilaria Baldwin thing. And just to be clear, we're not going to do a full breakdown. I know it's kind of old news. It would just feel in my opinion, almost sacrilegious to have this podcast and not at least spend a few minutes like processing it, right? I also feel like I just have to get it out of my system. Like it's a little bit selfish that we're talking about it because I'm going to combust if I don't talk about it for like at least five minutes. Exactly. I also want to mention, I'm going to put in the description some other great handles on Instagram where people put it in their highlights. And if you're confused about this, like it's a full-blown breakdown. There are also some other podcasts I believe that did that. The best way that I can put this, and we will get into this in a second, but I want this to frame kind of your viewing of this entire thing. A lot of people were referring to this entire saga as the Tiger King of December or the Love is Blind, meaning this was the show that everyone was watching between Christmas and New Year's. This became that entertainment story that was really just you know giving a lot of internet camaraderie, and this is what everyone was talking about. So how are we not going to mention it? Yeah, exactly. And I am so glad that that's how it went down. I'm so glad that it was just the entertainment value that we needed. Exactly. Quick like 30-second breakdown. This really all started because Amy Schumer posted a photo as a complete joke. It was a photo of Hilaria and her newborn. Hilaria was in lingerie. And Amy captioned it, Gene and I wanted to wish everyone a happy holiday season. Enjoy it with whatever family members are talking to you this year. Very kind of classic Amy Schumer humor. Hilaria didn't really get the joke. She initially was offended and she posted an IGTV saying she wasn't mad at Amy, but she didn't really fully understand the kind of joke. And the attention from that literally sparked this one tweet by someone by the name of Lenny Briscoe that said, you have to admire Hilaria Baldwin's commitment to her decade-long grift where she impersonates a Spanish person. And from there, it took off. From there, basically what was found out is that Hilaria is from Boston. Her real name is Hillary Thomas. 
She is 0% Spanish in terms of her heritage. She was born in Boston. She lived in Boston. Growing up, they would vacation in Spain, and her family now retired to Mallorca, her parents, and also her brother. Um, But she has no Spanish heritage. Her family goes as far back American as one could. And it kind of started to snowball. And all of a sudden, the story was unraveling. And we found out that basically she had been operating with heightened ambiguity. So she would be on podcast interviews, for example, and someone would make a comment by saying, wow, your English is is so great. You know, and she'd say, well, yeah, you know, I grew up speaking both and I came here when I was 19, kind of alluding to the fact that she came here from Spain, where really she came to New York from Boston at 19 years old. People that went to high school with her came out and said, no, she was Hillary Hayward Thomas. She fully spoke English. You know, yes, she's bilingual, but this entire act of being Spanish was definitely something that she put on. She then comes out on IGTV defending herself, saying, yes, I'm a white girl. I've never said otherwise. Meanwhile, her bio on CAA, her bio on other things that her companies had said she was born in Spain. Alec comes out defending her and it just gets messy. No? It just took on a life of its own. And it was one of those things where had she been really transparent and come forward and said something along the lines of, you know, um, I was born in Boston. I grew up in Spain, uh, back and forth between the two places. I have a great appreciation for Spanish culture because of my time there. I've kind of adopted a couple of things. We could have all moved on from this, but the way she was explaining it every step of the way, there was then a contradicting video. And to the point where it was like, yeah, technically you came here when you were 19, but you came here from Boston to go to NYU, not from Spain. And the whole idea of her literally standing there with a cucumber in front of her face, asking for the English word for it was like, this isn't normal behavior. Like this is something that you've had to put on in order for that to be a thing, because there's no way you grew up in Boston and then forgot the English word for cucumber. Right. That's the thing. It was kind of the way that she responded to it was like pretty intensive gaslighting on all of our parts. Like, hey, I never said that I was from Spain. It's like, you never said that you were originally 100% from Boston. When you go back, it was intentional. Her lack of specificity was definitely intentional. And it started to become this thing where we felt like it was like, do you feel like we're operating on two different planets here? Because you were talking to us as if all of this proof isn't there, you know? Right. That was the craziest part is like, there were so many inconsistencies in what she said. I honestly think, and I know this may be a crazy answer. I think she should have said nothing because there was nothing she could have said that could have explained it. And this was one of those stories that everyone needed because it was so entertaining. It was so messy. It was so weird and just so perfectly Hollywood and perfectly Alec Baldwin, like in the weirdest sense of that, that we would have done the exact same thing where we went through this weird story and then it had its cycle and then it ended and we all moved on to the next thing. But by responding to it, it made it an even bigger story and it made it all the more confusing because everything she said was then contradicted by these previous videos where it was like, there's no point in speaking out and explaining yourself if you just literally can't. Well, that was the thing. It was more so the way that she responded to it. There was no transparency. There was no, you know, I can take accountability for maybe not being as clear. Like it was, it was honestly, it was a lot of secondhand embarrassment. And yes, I mean, of course the obvious element here is how 
not okay it was generally, like the cultural appropriation element of it all, the fact that this white woman basically took elements of being an immigrant that she found sexy or she found made her interesting and kind of used those to her advantage where so many people are discriminated against for exactly what she was kind of faking. So of course there's that element and that is there and that cannot be ignored. But the bizarre aspect of it all and the fact that you know, this was really interesting too. Ireland Baldwin, who is Alec's daughter, who is from that famous voicemail that he left for her. They had a really rocky relationship for a lot of years. They're seemingly in a good place. When this all happened, she initially came out in hard defense of Hilaria, which I understand that's, you know, her dad's wife and she has a good relationship. But even she had to start to backtrack once she realized what was going on. She kind of spoke too soon and was like, wait a second, this is a lot weirder than I even thought. Yeah, I appreciated Ireland coming out just for the sole uh, idea of her protecting her family. Like, I had no issue with that. But I think that what happened with Ireland was she didn't get the full scoop of the story. Like, in order to respond to that, you had to fully go through every single Instagram story, familiarize, familiarize yourself with what was being said, what Hilaria had said. And then in order to respond to that, you have to know all of that. Otherwise, it's going to be used against you. And I think Ireland just didn't have the full grasp of what was actually being said and being told to the public. So it, it just, it got so perfectly messy. It was just every so often a story comes along that is just too ridiculous and too bizarre to even believe. And it doesn't happen all the time. It is a very once in a blue moon thing. And that was exactly this. And it was just the perfect end to the year. I couldn't have asked for anything more. Oh, I obviously couldn't have. And I have to say, you know, this is actually an unintentional transition. But when I am watching Andy Cohen and Anderson Cooper blackout drunk on New Year's Eve, and Andy makes a comment, something to the effect of, who's going to teach us the cha-cha? And Anderson says something like, I know someone who could, pauses for a second, and then says, it's hilarious. I am like, if Anderson Cooper is drunk making a joke about this on CNN, now we really know this is what everybody is talking about. Yeah, like that is when you know. And it's so funny because he paused for a while. Like there was a decent pause there because he didn't want to say it. And I looked at my family. I was like, that was a hilarious joke. And they were like, what are you talking about? Like, because they didn't catch it right away because it was kind of subtle. And then he was like, it was hilarious. And they were like, wow, you caught on to that quick. I was like, listen, <laughs> it's, it's what I do. Why don't we take a second to talk about New Year's Eve? Anderson and Andy are – I. Th- uh, the greatest duo of our time. No, really, truly, there is something about their dynamic and the fact of like, I, I actually have a really good analogy that I was thinking of when I watched this. Watching Anderson Cooper drunk on New Year's Eve, where we typically see him in this very serious manner on CNN, feels like when you see your teacher outside of school when you're younger. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> That is such a good analogy. Annie gets a rise out of Anderson that I feel like few other people can because you have to be really comfortable with that person to be able to let loose like that. You know what I mean? Andy is – yeah, he brings out that side of Anderson so much, but the best part about the dynamic is that it's so reluctant on Anderson's side, but he just can't help it when he's around Andy, and it is – it's just so good. Yeah. I mean, once the drinks start flowing and you start to see like there is a visible shift between like 10 p.m. and 11.30 p.m. in Anderson Cooper. And that is what I come there for. Like who gives a shit about the ball? I just want to watch the progressive intoxication of Anderson Cooper. Same. And it feels like 
at, the more drunk they get, the more obviously that Andy's just speaking completely out of pocket. And you watch Anderson in disbelief of everything that's coming out of Andy's mouth. Like every single time it catches him off guard. Yes, exactly. Exactly. I mean, to me, the highlight of the night had to have been post ball drop, Andy playing with Snoop Dogg. Did you get high there in a very Watch What Happens Live format? And it was, I mean, Julie, Snoop Dogg is a natural born entertainer. Uh, Yeah. I mean, there's no other way to describe him. Right? What was so fun about that segment and also every call they had is that it just felt like Andy and Anderson were going through their contact list and FaceTiming their friends. That's the thing. None of it felt like, oh, I mean, listen, of course, some people came on where you expect them to be great and it's a little bit subpar. For example, Mariah Carey, like she was taking it a little too seriously. But just in general, it felt very casual. It didn't feel like these formal interviews, even Cameron Diaz. Mariah Carey is like somebody I think about a lot. All the time, more than I'd like to. Can I tell you why, what I've been thinking about a lot recently? Of course. Okay. Here's my thing with Mariah Carey in terms of Christmas season, because I know we skipped over that whole season, and I'd like to just go back to Mariah Carey. I think Mariah Carey loves the Christmas title. I think she loves the All I Want for Christmas is You attention. I think she loves that she's the queen of Christmas now, and that's her title. But I think in Mariah Carey's mind, okay, She has this whole career. And then on top of that, she's also the queen of Christmas. So that's why she's able to steer into that whole situation. Like that's why she's able to really embrace it because she thinks it's just another thing to add to her resume of like talent. But I think that she would be incredibly upset and disappointed and shocked to find out how many people in this generation only associate her with Christmas. Have you been thinking about that point for a while? I've been thinking about it so much, I can't even tell you. So I agree. However, let me just give a counter argument for a second. One could say maybe she wouldn't necessarily because she feels like she has that hold on the older generation, which she probably does. So to her, it's like, hey, if they want to know me for that, at least they know me. That's not how Mariah Carey's mind works. (laughs) I'm just saying. I'm going to stop you right there. Mariah Carey's mind doesn't work like that. She (laughs) thinks that this is an additive, right? Like she thinks that everybody's on the same page about her career. And then on top of that, she also gets Christmas. She's not thinking that the older generation gives her both and the new generation only gives her Christmas. She's thinking she's getting the best of both worlds from everybody across the board. Yeah, no, that's, that's that's a fair point. I do think that's a fair point. And I know, you know, for... A lot of people in the older generation it probably would be shocking that people didn't appreciate her other music, but that's just, it just, it's what it is. I know, but it is something that I think about so much, especially this year. You know what, Julie? I appreciate your points. Thank you, Em. <laughs> also, this happened again when we were on break, but just quickly I want to mention Ariana's engagement. Were you shocked? Um. Yes. Like very actually. I was too. I know everyone's like, oh, classic. Like Ariana gets engaged to these skinny white men faster than it. And it's like, she's been engaged twice. Like why, why are we making it into this giant thing? She's been engaged to Pete and she's been engaged to this guy. They happen to kind of look alike. They both were relatively fast, but it's not like she's had seven engagements. People are making her out to be like Danielle Staub. I think it's because she's so young and both engagements happen after such a quick amount of time that it seems like an M.O., um, but yeah, it's not the craziest thing ever for her to have been engaged once it broke it off and now like another engagement. Although I think if you get to the third engagement, like if this one doesn't work, then you have a reputation. But also she's 27. 
Like, that's not, I mean, personally for me, I can't see myself getting married until I'm in my 30s, but that's just like a very, very personal thing. But I don't think 27 is considered like young. I think it's just because people view her as younger. No, I don't think 27 is young. I think 27 is somewhat young to have been engaged twice. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, also, you know, this relationship with Dalton is so different than Pete in terms of like what we're getting as the public because clearly he's not famous. He's not on SNL every weekend making jokes about it. Like we're not seeing them photographed out as much. So much of their relationship or 99% of their relationship happened in quarantine. So we're not even seeing them. So I think there was an element where it felt more out of the blue than with another one because we don't we don't have that constant exposure. Right. Also, the thing with Pete was it wasn't even just like you saw him all the time. They were photographed together. It was like they were so, so public with everything they did to the point where it was like considered annoying. Not by me, obviously. (laughs) Uh, But it was so in your face constantly, constantly, constantly that when they got engaged, it felt like the natural step of this real whirlwind relationship that you that was moving so quickly, like right before your eyes. With this one, it has been a little bit longer. It obviously has still been a short time. They only started dating in January, presumably, and only went public in about May. So you've really only had a short time with this. And in that short time, it's been entirely different than Pete because they're hardly talking about it. They've made a couple of Instagram posts. His Instagram is completely private. They haven't been photographed together. There is nothing in your face. So it feels weird that they got engaged to me only because when somebody gets engaged after such a quick amount of time, it's usually because you're seeing it unfold before their eyes and you're seeing this weird romance where everything's moving so quickly. With them, it seems like it was moving slower because you're not looking at it and then all of a sudden they were engaged. Right, exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like we didn't really feel as in the loop. We felt pretty out of it. Like it came, it, it seemingly came out of nowhere, the engagement. Obviously it didn't come out of quote nowhere, but it seemed like you didn't see it coming because you're not tracking this relationship. You didn't know where they were in their relationship. You didn't know how they really felt about each other. Right, exactly. Also, the ring, it was one of those things where everybody was quick to criticize and then really quick to take their criticism back once they realized because it was a beautiful diamond and it was kind of set on a slant and there was a pearl. And I think people's initial reaction was like, what is that pearl doing there? And then there was that tweet from 2014 that Ariana had tweeted that said, Nana had a ring made for me with the pearl for my grandpa's tie pin. She said he told her in a dream it would protect me. So that was then the pearl in the ring, which like, if you know anything about Ariana Grande, you know that her relationship with her grandparents, specifically her grandfather who passed, is like so, so, so sacred to her. So I can imagine how touching that must have been. Oh, yeah. I, that was like a really beautiful element of it. I did not realize how tatted she was. Yeah, very. Did you? Um, I don't think I realized the extent, but I knew she had a lot. I don't think I realized it. I also didn't realize that he – I knew he was in real estate and stuff, but I didn't know that he used to be a dancer. Yes. I found that out too. I had zero idea. Like I felt like I, we were kind of more well-informed than him than a lot of people who had no idea who he even was, but I really didn't recognize that. I think he's way more immersed in Hollywood than we had originally thought. Totally. He, yeah. And it's kind of like I always use this example. I know I probably exhaust it, but it reminds me a lot of Aaron Foster's husband, Simon Tickman, with the expression like fame adjacent. Right. That is the perfect definition of fame adjacent. Yeah, definitely. Before he was even dating Ariana, I think fans found that like he was hanging out with Miley one night, like completely separate and apart from anything that had to do with Ariana. Yeah. Instagram story. 
fame adjacency is one of my favorite concepts to analyze in all of Hollywood. I think it's, I really do think that it so much can be learned from it. Fame adjacency is also really fun um, as the observer because it's such a niche topic where when you find somebody who also knows that person, it's a really interesting conversation because most people don't. And then that's really how you get to know the inner circle. And that's how you get to know celebrities is through the people that are fame adjacent. So it's a really interesting look at like Hollywood from that angle. Totally. That's why we always say to people, you can't just follow the main people. If you're really curious, you also have to follow like their best friends that maybe aren't famous, but have a public Instagram account or their hairstylist or whatever it is, because you're finding so much more behind the scenes. And I do think, yeah, like you said, I think you get a much better understanding as to the inner workings of the friend group. Yeah. Shout out to Astapro for sponsoring this episode and providing me with free samples. So I don't know if you guys suffer from allergies, but kind of a new development in my life is that I apparently do. I didn't used to, but in the last few years, I've noticed specifically as the seasons change that I start to have allergies. And to me, there is nothing more uncomfortable than that feeling of nasal congestion. Like you just don't feel like yourself. And I was really looking for something that worked because so much of this stuff doesn't work. And I found Astapro to be really helpful. So I think it could be for you too, if you deal with this kind of stuff. So Astapro is a first of its kind nasal allergy spray. It's the fastest 24-hour over-the-counter allergy spray, and it starts working in 30 minutes while other allergy sprays take hours. Astapro is the first and only 24-hour steroid-free allergy spray, and Astapro delivers full prescription strength indoor and outdoor allergy relief from nasal congestion, runny and itchy nose, and sneezing. By the way, that 30 minutes thing is real, and for me to have relief in 30 minutes is just a game changer. Get fast-acting nasal allergy symptom relief with Astapro. Go to astaproallergy.com for a discount so you can Astapro and go today. A-S-T-E-P-R-O-Allergy.com. Astapro and go. Uses directed for relief of nasal congestion, runny nose, sneezing, and itchy nose due to allergies. Okay, one other thing that happened while we were on break that we absolutely just need to mention. Rihanna and ASAP Rocky spending Christmas together in Barbados is something when I tell you we only could have dreamed of. Like this was one of those where we had been talking about it. We had kind of been speculating about it. And I don't think we even wanted to dive in too deep because we don't want to get our hopes destroyed. When those pictures came out, Julie was the first one to send them to our group chat. And it was like audible gasps and voice note because it's happening. It was like that feeling of guys, this is actually happening. As soon as I saw him, those pictures of him in the airport in Barbados, I was like, Oh wow, this is real. I mean, like I didn't even need the yacht pictures were an additive bonus for me, but once I saw him in that airport, I was like, "Oh wow, this is real." Right. I mean, his father is from Barbados and there's definitely, you know, that connection there and they they're friends. I mean, we've known that they have this chemistry for such a long time, but that is not just a friend-like thing. That is like we can actually let our hopes fly free because this is clearly happening. Yeah. I mean, is there no? I was like serious, honest to God. Is there a hotter couple? No, gone. No, like th- th- to me, they're top of the top. And you know that I, I go hard for Justin and Haley. But honestly, those yacht pictures of them together of Rihanna and ASAP, I think it takes the cake for me personally. Oh, I don't know. It's they're definitely so close together. I mean, ASAP and Rocky to me are a, a little bit more right now, just because it's new. M. How badly do you want to comment? 
that's Julie. That's what I was about to say, though. All I think about. No, that's exactly what I was about to say, though. Like, there's an element of their relationship always. Well, any relationship Brianna's in, and honestly, ASAP too. That is just so much more mysterious because they're so much less active, kind of. Which I actually think contributes to like the excitement of it all. But from our perspective of wanting it, I would do. I mean, I would do anything. Anything, literally anything. We would post that so quickly. Oh, I. I can't even, I fantasize about it. We would post that so much quicker than even Ben Affleck commenting photo credit on Ana Armas's photo. That went up quick though. That I don't know if we could beat that record up. That went up real quick. That went up within 30 seconds. That was a good one. I know. But yeah, I would imagine just in general, they have this unparalleled comfort, which we know everything good comes from the comfort level. Okay, fine. Then they have so many similar interests and they're so matched in terms of their brilliance in art and fashion that like I would imagine the intellectually stimulating element to be there but then also the sex and the sexual chemistry like I can't not think about that they're both such sexual people I know I know I am I know because can I just say one last thing you could say a million things I've been wanting to talk about this so badly since it happened and we have we have literally not been able to on here I go for it it's just like a lot of the times you see beautiful people that are in a couple, for example, Ryan Reynolds and Blake Lively, and you look at them and you can admire them and you're like, wow, what a beautiful couple. But neither of them necessarily like exude sex appeal. So that's not where your mind immediately goes. People may disagree. That's just my personal thought. But ASAP and Rihanna are both such sexual people and like exude this real sexual energy that you can't help wonder like, what is their sex life like? Incredible. I will tell you right now, incredible. Right? Yes. In not so happy relationship news, Zoe Kravitz has filed for divorce from her husband, Carl Glussman. They've only been married for about 18 months. They began dating October 2016. Keep in mind, they got married June 2019 at Lenny's home in Paris. And we really didn't see too much about them, but this is less than two years. The the wedding was so spectacular. I always get upset when couples get divorced after having such an amazing wedding. Like I don't know enough about the relationship to be upset about the relationship, but the wedding was so fabulous that I'm upset that it didn't last just because of that wedding. Like if I'm Mary Kay and Ashley and I come out of hiding for your wedding and you get divorced, like I'm give me my gift back. <laughs> I know. I I have to say, like, clearly something must have been very off for her to file, and I'm glad that she did. I, I never want anyone to stay in something where it's unhealthy for them. But I have to wonder what happened, you know, because it's not like an Ariana thing where they've been dating for a year. They started dating in 2016, so she knew him seemingly relatively well. I have to wonder what happened. She also had posted back in June for their one-year anniversary, like, a really sweet message. So between then and now is what happened. So that's weird to me, too. I don't know if we've ever spoken about their relationship before, and I may have said something different, but clearly he's so handsome. Like we know that, and she's obviously gorgeous. But I don't know. I don't. I don't get the best vibe from him. Maybe my opinion is tainted now that I know the divorce, and maybe nothing bad could have happened. But like when I think of Zoe Kravitz, she's like a magical being, and I just don't think this is the guy. Like maybe looks wise, it's the guy, but I don't know. There just isn't something about him that captivates you. I mean, listen. No one's ever going to be good enough for her. That's just a straight up fact. Remember when she was dating Chris Pine? Remember when she dated Drake? Was that ever confirmed though? 
I don't know, but that's a couple I want. Like, as we were talking about ASAP Rocky and Rihanna, I was like, obviously, in the back of my mind, I was thinking about Drake. And then I was like, oh, Drake and Zoe Kravitz would be the hottest fucking couple. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. No. That, well, no, no, Julie. <gasps> I really want them to start dating now. Yeah, because when when that when those rumors were going on, I think that was like 2013, it was never I don't believe it was ever as confirmed as we would dream of it to be. No, I I don't think so either. It was it was just rumored, but now I can't stop thinking about it. Yeah, that is one hot couple. I know this I know that this is happening. Some people listening are a thousand percent on our page, like, oh my God, we need that. And then some people are like, Drake's not good enough for her. Cause a lot of people don't have the best image of Drake. So I definitely could see that happening. But for me, oh fuck yeah. Oh, for me, that would be like the ultimate. The it ultimate. would really it would be the ultimate for me. I wonder if Drake has any relationship with Lenny Kravitz. I have no idea. You imagine, listen, you're at like a family dinner. It's Lenny Kravitz, Jason Momoa, Lisa Bonet, Zoe, and Drake. It's a Shabbat dinner. They're Jewish, M. No, 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 no. That's too much for me to handle. That is too much for me to fucking handle. Oh, my God. Passover with the Kravitz's, Momoa's, Bonet's? No. Stop. <laughs> <I'm out. laughs> yeah. I would ditch my family so fast, they would, they would forget I even existed. Oh, my God. I would break the fast with them in 0.2 seconds. Stop. Can't handle. Can't handle. Cannot handle. Okay, let's take a 10-second break just so – and uh, we'll come back with Harry Styles and Bieber. So the weather is finally getting a little warmer. And one of the most fun parts about the seasons changing is kind of the wardrobe revamp that comes along with that. And if you're looking to update your wardrobe without spending a fortune, I want to introduce you to Quince because I really think that they do quality essentials kind of better than anyone I found. And I've told you guys about them before, but specifically as the weather is getting warmer, their linen dresses, like such an easy throw on, so comfortable, such good quality. To me, if you put on a linen dress with a pair of white sneakers, a little cardigan over your shoulders, to me, that is such a chic look. Also, their washable silk blouses. They are so comfortable, but you look so put together. They have great like scoop neck t-shirts, just comfortable, easy staples. Like that is what I like about them. I think that you can really build just a quality wardrobe collection with their essentials. And the best part is that all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. So by partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and then passes those savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. Get warm rather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash CBC for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash CBC to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash CBC. Okay, two notable music videos this week. Harry Styles, Treat People with Kindness with Phoebe Waller-Bridge and Justin Bieber, Anyone with Zoe Deutsch. Immediate reactions. Uh, the Harry one is amazing. That was like the best gift. Obviously, I'm going to like talk about Justin, but the Harry one was just so special. It was because it felt like it, it was, it felt like nobody could have done that better than him. You know what I mean? Like he was made for that entire like scenery, that entire vibe. Like that was just so him. The two of them, like it was just perfect. And also it felt like such a treat. Like with Justin, it was obviously an amazing music video. It was so great that he came out with a new song, but like we knew it was coming. Like with Harry, it was just such a, like a fun treat for everybody. 
Yeah, I love the out of the blue element of it. Yeah. Also, uh, yes, of course, Justin's song was good. The video was good. But for me, and this may be a superficial element, seeing him with all those tattoos covered up, it really brings you back. Yes. I think he likes it because he keeps posting it so much. Like, I think he is looking at himself without tattoos and he's really into that look for him. Could you imagine if he pulled a Pete Davidson or allegedly Pete Davidson and lasered them all off? No. I – no. I think he loves them. But I think for a moment when he was all airbrushed, he was like, oh, this is – now I have a blank canvas. Yeah. Well, that's honestly could be what it is. I think he feels like he's running out of room. Yeah. And he said he wants to save his back for when he has kids. Yeah. Which like Which is- if, you're in, if you're into that kind of thing, very sweet. Like I guess it's better than getting a full dragon on your back. Right. Uh-huh. A lot. It was funny when when the Hilaria Baldwin thing uh, came out. Did you see someone tweeted and was like, "This is kind of like when Ben Affleck said that his tattoo was for a movie." Yes, that was such a good one. Right? Like, why? Why lie? Also, did you see the picture of Ben Affleck spilling his Dunkin' Donuts? Somebody tweeted and was like, "This man has given us more meme templates than anyone. Like, this is his contribution to society this year, and it's so accurate." And he doesn't want it, any of it. It's so funny. And then the next day he has the Duncan and he's and he's um he puts it down and flips off the paparazzi. It's so it's so Ben Affleck. It's too good. Also, do you think Ben Affleck gets the Charlie? <laughs> ben Affleck's frustration with the paparazzi, yet simultaneous need for Duncan, is really just a giant metaphor to like America's coffee addiction because he needs that caffeine so badly. Like there's nothing he hates more than opening his front door to get the Duncan and see those paparazzi. However, he physically can't stop himself. Like clearly a Keurig is not cutting it. If I was Nespresso, if I was Keurig, I would be right on that and be like, we have a solution. You can get the caffeine and also avoid the paparazzi, but it's not doing it for him. You know what I mean? He doesn't want any in-home coffee. He needs that Duncan. You want to know why? Because the only thing Ben Affleck needs more than caffeine is the paparazzi. (laughs) (laughs) It's true. It's like a love-hate. He needs them. He needs them as badly as he needs a Charlie in the morning. I can't believe that Duncan hasn't capitalized on like the way they did it with with Charlie. I would think Ben Affleck runs on Duncan. I mean, he is giving them so much free publicity. Yeah, because it's hard to like... I don't know what it is about Ben Affleck, but it's hard to use him as like a campaign person. Like you could only do so in the most obvious joking way. And that's not really Duncan's vibe. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. I sometimes wish that there was, um, what's the best way that I can put this? A more like well-versed pop culture person right in there to be like, we can make this really funny, you know, like just see if his team would maybe be down. Because imagine if they did it right, how well-received it would be. It would be, yeah. It, but you have to do it so right. Right, which like maybe his team wouldn't even be down for because it, it would feel like a mockery. But although there's something to be said about laughing at yourself. I might leave you to start working on Duncan's Ben Affleck team. <laughs> if anybody from Duncan is listening, we have some great ideas we'd love to run by you. Please call us. Although, I mean, they're doing great. Look at what they did with Charlie. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Duncan's like future of being in business was in question here. Yeah, just to clarify, we don't think Duncan needs us in case that that's how that just came off. <laughs> Starbucks, on the other hand, I'm just kidding. Um, Also, Nicki Minaj posted the first pictures of her baby. This little face, Julie. I can't handle. Also, did you see there was an interview? I think she was on Ellen or something. And she's saying, she's like, all I want one day is like a fat, chubby baby. And everyone was like, oh my God, manifest your dream. She literally manifested it. Those sheiks, him and that Fendi, I just, I can't handle it. 
I can't handle the fact that we will only know him as Papa Bear. <laughs> he also looks so much like her. Yeah, he does. Identical. Right? Yeah. Adorable kid. Wow. This is a very exciting era for Nicki Minaj. Little Papa Bear. I know. So cute. Last thing I just wanted to mention, I know this is like so, so, so lowbrow. Feel free to fast forward the next minute if you could care less, but got so many questions about this. This whole tan and mojo, and that's not like the influencer, like you guys have been asking me a lot about my skincare routine. I swear to God, we did get a lot of inboxes about this. By the way, the person who was asking the most amount of questions about this was me. I've never been more excited for you to talk about something on the podcast. I'm at the edge of my seat. <laughs> I have been waiting for this for literally two weeks. No, it's not It's not that in-depth. But basically, as you guys know, Tana Mojo and Bella Thorne used to date. And just like a lot of both of their relationships, it's really hot and heavy. It's really in-deep. This is my soulmate. This is the person. And then it kind of all crashes and burns. So Bella was also dating Modson. A lot of confusion there was it at the same time as Tana. And Modson and Bella broke up. They are not on good terms. And Modson had recently wrote a song about Tana called Karma. And Tana did the story time video where basically she spoke about walking into a restaurant. It was Machine Gun Kelly, Megan Fox, Modson, and they're all singing this song basically at her and her table of her friends. So she's just coming off of that whole, like, quote, scandal. Then Bella Thorne drops a song called Stupid Fucking Bitch about Tana. And in the video, she hires a girl who is apparently the girl that she's currently hooking up with to play Tana. So Tana does a video, roughly 10 minutes, with her, Amari, Ashley, and her other friend, there's like two other people, where she reacted to Bella's video. And it was just brutal. Like they were just ripping her apart because basically they have deep, deep, deep feud. Like at one point they were not only best friends, they then started to become like lovers. And Tana has previously said, you know, they're soulmates, they have this soul connection. And that kind of just all went out the window. So now it's become Tana teaming up with Mia Khalifa, basically on a war against Bella because of what she did for the sex worker community with the whole OnlyFans thing teaming up with Bella's other friends who she apparently never paid because that's seemingly her MO, according to Tana, where she like hires these people and never pays her. So by her responding to that video, it started to get all of Bella's former enemies like riled up. And now it's basically like Tana versus Bella 2021. Tana like wants to get in the ring with her, a la Jake Paul. I love this story so much because I have such limited background, but I know for a fact that it would be embarrassing to be Bella in this situation. And that's why I love it. Right. Like it's actually going into it. Clearly she was the more famous of the two of them, but I was noticing this. I think something that I think about a lot is like, you can't necessarily judge someone based on their, um, the amount of followers, but more so like how engaged their followers are and how like diehard they are for them. Because Bella had posted this TikTok like just making fun of Tana. And if you go to the comments, she was fully expecting a lot of support. The entire comment section is just Tana's fans coming at her. Like Tana's fans are a lot more ride or die. And that's what you need in this type of like internet feud. I gotta say, there's something about Tana. That bitch just draws me in every single time. I can't, I can't get enough of her. That's why she's so famous. Like everybody recognizes how many fucked up things she's done in the past, how she's like really kind of can be incredibly problematic. But for some reason, she's maintained fame because she has this element to her that is really entertaining. She just makes things entertaining. And you know what? I have to make a crazy comment. I like Tana. 
Like, it's not just that she's – like, I find myself being like, I really like this girl. She's fun to watch. I mean, she's fun to watch and she's honest. That's the thing. Like, she doesn't pretend to be something that she's not, I think. It's interesting because I think it has a, a similar – not the same. I'm not comparing them, but it has a similar Trisha element where you just, like, are so addicted to watching the content. But with Trisha, it's like – you're so outlandish and ridiculous that I have to watch because I can't believe you're a real person. And like, I know you say all of this offensive shit. And I know it's so fucked up and I can't get on board with you, but I have to watch you with Tana. I'm like, you draw me in. Like I'm on board. I'm drinking your Kool-Aid, whatever you're putting out. And I cannot explain why, because it's so not like me to do. Like, I'm not as caught up as you are. Like, I don't know the intricacies and the ins and outs and the drama of her. Cause I don't pay attention to everything she does. But whenever I see her, I'm like, you got a quality. Well, clearly she does. I mean, she's maintained this relevancy for years now. I will say, for anybody who's listening, I know this is so niche, but for anybody who's listening who is have has the same question or has any sort of insight, I need to know what went on with her and her former manager, Jordan Warona, seemingly former manager, because he was in everything. Like He was to her as Scooter is to Justin and overnight was no longer there. Apparently she's under new management. I need to know what happened. Like I know it's so minor, but that to me from a business perspective is really more so what's interesting. Yeah, very. I agree with you. Yeah. So if anybody has insight, please DM us. I won't say it publicly. I swear if you don't want me to, I just need to know for my own well-being. I was considering literally messaging Tana. That's how desperate I needed to know. I am shocked that you have it. I know. Honestly, I probably will right after this. <laughs> yeah. So Mother's Day is coming up and I know sometimes it can be difficult figuring out what to get your mom because realistically no gift is going to do justice for how much you love and appreciate her. But I'm sure you've done the classic, you know, bathrobe, candle, sweaters, gift cards. If you're looking to mix it up, I want to tell you about Aura Frames. So they were named the best digital photo frame by Wirecutter. And it's just the kind of gift that is guaranteed to bring joy because realistically, there's nothing our parents love more than seeing us. So for them to be able to see more of us, even if you don't live close by, like that is probably the best gift you could give a parent. They're Wi-Fi connected. They come with unlimited storage. So you can share as many photos as you want from your phone to your mom's frame. And it's easy to set up. It takes about two minutes to set up a frame using the Aura app. We have one in my kitchen. And every time my dad comes down for breakfast, like it just makes him so happy. There's pictures of me, pictures of me and my parents when I was little, pictures of my grandparents. Like I think as a parent, you never get sick of that. And it's just the kind of gift I know she will love. Right now, Aura has a great deal for Mother's Day. Listeners can save on the perfect gift by visiting AuraFrames.com to get $30 off plus free shipping on their best-selling frame. That's A-U-R-A-Frames.com. Use code CBC at checkout to save. Terms and conditions apply. Okay, so quick awards. Yes. I first just want to make an announcement. We're switching up the way we do awards a little bit this year because... We don't want to be stuck to this binary of funniest comment, best clapback of the week. Like sometimes there's not a best clapback and sometimes there's not a funniest comment. Sometimes there's just honorable mentions that we want to discuss. There's just a lot of notable and they shouldn't be pigeonholed. Julie, yes. (laughs) I love when we're all on the same page. Um, We are literally always on the same page. I know. Anyway, so I'm sure you all saw this, but Justin had posted this video of him singing and Haley comments, my jaw on the floor. And he responds, your jaw's other places too, let's be honest. And she responds, oh my God, please go to sleep. Okay. Obviously we posted this because we're not going to post Haley and Justin Bieber talking about her giving him head. Like 
that's just prime comments. And of course, a lot of people loved it, but naturally, a lot of people weren't a fan, thought that it was really gross, thought that it was really classless. Whatever side you're on, fine. I'm not going to tell you how to feel. I personally am thrilled that we have that on our grid. I have to say, Em, I did a little research, and um, the intel I have with the Justin Bieber stands on Twitter is that all of the people in negative comments were all Selena, um, like Jelena fans, Jelena stands. Oh, that's interesting. Like it had nothing to do with them not liking the comment. It had to do with Justin. Although there are definitely some people that just felt like that was discussion that shouldn't happen on Instagram. Oh, 100%. And we always, whenever we post anything that's like remotely sexual, you have people that are coming out like saying how disgusting it is. But the overwhelming opinion of of, um, like the four people that that cited our post in their (laughs) tweet were saying that uh, that was the cause of it. Okay. That makes sense. Thank you for that investigative journalism. Anytime, my friend. You know I like to you know I like to stay on Beaver Twitter. <laughs> if we're gonna do one for a clapback, it's gonna be Rihanna. She posted this photo of herself looking so gorgeous. She wrote, New Year's resolution, apply the pressure. And someone comments, resolution should be releasing the album. And she responds, This comment is so 2019. Grow up. Please release the album, Rihanna. Please. Oh, there's a little truth in everything. I mean, this person's now wrong. No, no one no first of all. Rihanna's comments replying to people asking for the album are some of my favorite comments that we've ever done. Like truly, I think that every single one of them is so funny. And if you're in on the joke and you understand the extent of people asking her for the album, you also think that it's hilarious content. But the people asking for the album are not wrong. No, I mean, if I didn't like Savage X Fenty so much and also the Fenty contour stick so much, I would probably be a little bit more pushy about the album. But I genuinely so appreciate her other ventures. Oh, me too. I just want her to be happy more than anything else. I want Rihanna to be happy. I want her to be successful. But I want an album so goddamn badly. I can't even explain it. Yeah, obviously same. And lastly, we posted this one yesterday. Barstool had posted a question from their answer to the internet game that says, what's the weirdest song that is played while you were hooking up with someone? And John Mayer comments, Fitter Happier, which is this kind of robotic song by Radiohead. And Katie Kirk then comments an hour post and says, Mama told me not to come by Three Dog Night. She then responds to it like, P.S. I know I'm ancient. This was just one of those where, one, everybody was commenting their own songs of like the weirdest song that has come on while they were hooking up, but also just to see the Katie Barstool dynamic is something that I think we all appreciated. Anytime Katie comments on her post, which is honestly like often, um, she just has the best comments. Like she's so good. She's good she, because the thing about her is that she has – the best way that I, I don't really know the, the best way to say this. Like, she has that side to her that's not like the fucking word I'm looking for. I was gonna say dirty. It's like not dirty. Like she has that side to her that's a little bit risque. Like she gets it. You know what I mean? Like she's not a prude. She totally gets it, and she can lean in when leaning in is required for the comedy. Right. Exactly. And she's quick. Like she's funny. It's not just like it's not just that she has that sense of humor that like can that can push the boundaries a little bit. It's also so applicable and so quick. I'm I'm always impressed by her. Well, you can't be, I, yeah. I mean, intelligence. I always say this to you: like intelligence and humor are so closely linked, and you see that with Katie for sure. Definitely. Okay. In terms of the Kardashian recap, honestly, not that much happened aside from the fact that Chris, Corey, Kendall, Kylie, and Travis are in Aspen. They rented the most insane house I've quite literally ever seen. $75 million, $450,000 per week for rental, 20,000 square foot. There's an indoor lap pool, a bowling alley, a spa, a six-car garage, three tennis courts. It would be the most expensive home ever sold in Aspen. 
this is one of those where it really hits. It's like, we know the Kardashians are always going to these ridiculous properties, but sometimes they go to one when it makes the Palm Springs house look like child's play. And this is one of those examples. No, this house is, I, I just don't even have words for it. It is insane. You guys have to just quickly Google like, you know, uh, Kylie Kendall Aspen house. And there's articles that show like a room by room tour. It is un, it, it's unbelievable. It is an insane piece of real estate. It truly is. It truly is. Also, we just, this is so random, but we had just got this inbox this morning from somebody that said, Hey girls, I have a conspiracy theory or just an unpopular opinion that I want you guys to discuss. Kylie and Jordan might still be friends, but just off camera. I have a strong feeling that we're going to wake up one day on paparazzi photos of them hanging out. What do you think? No. I don't think so. I could be wrong though. I mean, I would love it. Obviously, I, I like, would love that for both of them, but I just don't see it necessarily. The way, the only way I can envision it is if they're the type of friends now where they'll like text each other for their birthday or like if one of them is doing something, they'll congratulate the other and we just don't get that where we assume they have no contact at all. Like I wouldn't be surprised if there were text messages exchanged back and forth like every so often, but no, they're not, they're not friends. They're not hanging out. No. It's kind of crazy. Like I, every time I remember it, it just, and I, I mean, we've spoken so much on this podcast about saying like it really was the right thing for both of them because Kylie definitely had a major codependency and Jordan was really able to like make her own, you know, empire that she's building. But it, when you watch back like Life of Kylie or just any of their old videos, it's crazy that this lifelong friendship has just seemingly disappeared. It's really sad. It, re- I really like, still feel so bad for both of them in the situation. It's really a very upsetting thing. Yeah, it really is. I mean, that's that was like, she <laughs> talk about the the to our daughter video. I mean, I know it really, it, it is crazy, and I would be so interested to hear the way that Jordan comes up in conversation in the house because it would be impossible for Kylie to talk about ages. 14 to 20 to 21 without mentioning some aspect of Jordan. Like it would be impossible to her to reflect on her times during those years without Jordan coming up in conversation. Yeah. I, I completely, completely agree with that. And also by the way, how Kylie comes up in Jordan's conversations. Right. Yeah. I guess to end on a happy note, stormy skiing. I mean, come on. Can somebody, cause I don't ski or snowboard, but can somebody who does tell me whether or not this kid is going to the Olympics, because I don't know. It feels impressive to me. Right? She's great. It, it, she feels like it just, I don't know if I'm just the biggest stormy stand in the entire world and everything she does impresses me, but that feels special. There's probably a little bit of truth to both. I have to assume so. And also, we didn't even talk about this, but Chloe wearing that, what looked like an engagement ring. I'm not saying she's engaged, but that, oh, yes. that rock. Oh, I completely – that's a fucking rock. That's like a perfect example, in my opinion, of bigger isn't always better. It, yeah, but it's also a perfect example of I fucked up not not once but twice. Here's this ring. Right. I mean – That size that size shows a fuck up or two. I think he bought it for her, right? I, um, I don't know, but I'm assuming so. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. If it is an engagement ring, then that's what that shows. If it is something that he bought for her, then that's what that shows. If it's something she bought for herself, then um, it's just gaudy. <laughs> just like, I just deserve it. Yeah. It's just a gift that you give to yourself. I mean, it's it's too big either way, in my opinion. I, I can't imagine. I feel like I would be so off-centered if I was holding that. Like, I'd be 
be leaning to one side all the time. I can't imagine how heavy that is. Like, I just imagine it would like throw my entire like center of gravity off. <laughs> um, no, it's so true. Anything else you want to mention about anything? No, I think that's it. How does it feel to be back? <laughs> I don't know. How'd this episode go? I think it went well. I had fun. I felt like I forgot how to do this. Like I still like, even as I'm finishing, I'm like, I still don't think I did that the way I normally do. It's okay. So maybe it'll take us an episode to get back into it. And then on Wednesday, we'll come back fully, uh, fully here. I don't know. It's it's true. I mean, you of course remember, but when it becomes so routine and then you really take a week off and we were really like, we tried, I felt hard to kind of disconnect this week. We posted less, I feel like than normal. I don't know. Um, It was nice. It felt good. I don't think we've really done that. It really felt very good. Yeah. But we are back and we're so happy to be here and we love you guys. Julie and I will see you on Wednesday and Isabel and I will see you, I believe, on Friday. Also, just want to mention, I know last week something happened with the Bravo episode where the last like 10 or so minutes got cut off. It was a total glitch, I guess, when our producer uploaded it and she fixed it. But then for some people that had already downloaded the episode, it it was just a disaster. So if you still can't get it, you can try unsubscribing and then resubscribing and try to re-download the episode. I don't know... I, I don't really don't know what to say. It was a total nightmare and we're still trying to figure it out. Um, but we love you all and we'll see you later this week. Let's talk about baby making for a second because it's really not as simple as it's made out to be. Meaning there's just factually a lack of knowledge surrounding how to get pregnant And kind of, you know, for many of us, we spend our lives trying to prevent unwanted pregnancy that when you do want to conceive, there's almost a lack of understanding and resources, which is why I want to introduce you to Free to Fertility. Free to Fertility is the only one-stop shop that makes it easier to make a baby with a set of solutions for everything from egg and sperm health to ovulation tracking to conception aid. And basically what Frida is doing is simplifying the journey to parenthood with products that help you go from trying to making a baby. And their products are innovative, easy to use, accessible, from ovulation prediction to at-home insemination kits. They're kind of revolutionizing the conception aid game with the at-home insemination kit, which is almost, you can think of it as like a modern, effective solution to the turkey baster. This is baby making simplified. Find Free to Fertility on Amazon, Target, and select CVS near you.